This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Once again, it's time for our weekly segment, Thursday Coast, with the founder of the largest online progressive community, DailyCoast.com, the founder of Civics with a Q, the polling firm, and the host of The Brief, the ever-popular podcast. Marcos joins us once again. Hey, buddy, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So we were just chatting before we started the show, trying to figure out what the surprise is about Tucker's text message. <laughs> and it seems to be one in particular, although I doubt, you know, they probably just throwing us this one. I, there might be some worse than this. Um, there were rumors that he had, you know, he was making disparaging comments about other people in the workplace maybe even Rupert, they probably just don't want us to see those right now. So I, I'm not even convinced this is the only one. The dude probably has just been, just had diarrhea of the mouth. And yeah, there's a bunch of that in that lawsuit that were redacted. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You know, and and I, I was just saying to Marcos, um, any, anybody who's had any, you know, even minimal experience in the corporate world, there's a point when the corporate attorneys come in and just say, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you just or else you're going to be paying out a lot more money. Yep. So so here it is in 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 its in all of its glory. This is what he tweet and the, the the dude has a problem clearly. Um and we'll we'll deal with that. But this is what he what he wrote January 7th, 2021. A couple of weeks ago I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and starting, started pounding the living S-H-I-T out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. And then he makes this very interesting statement. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. That's kind of sick. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? That's the text. I, I'll let you have first go with that. I mean, it's vintage Tucker. I mean, he's he said not only has he said things like that on his show before, but worse than that on his show before. So I don't I don't understand why that would be the 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 trigger to let them go. Unless, unless that, unless Fox Brass assumed that Tucker's show was all an act, and as long as he wasn't like that in real life, it was okay. As long as he was just playing to the roofs for ratings, that was fine. Um, that's the only thing, the only reason that would make sense because there's nothing about that that he hasn't said, and much worse than that, actually. This, according to the New York Times, this specific text. And like I said, I, I doubt that it's the only one that alarmed them. But they were alarmed. This is right before 
the Dominion um, litigation. I guess they were on their way in the court. You know, I, I'm, and honestly, you know, I've never looked at who's on their board either. Um, so we don't know what those people are into and how they right. may have been impacted if this had gotten out. What, you know, what, what part of the world, I, that might be something interesting. I don't know if anybody's ever about to look at that. It might be something to look at. Um, but this did it. And then he's gone. This is not how white men fight. A friend pointed out um, that's partially true because normally in our history, they just um, hang us, lynch us, and burn us to death uh, and mm -hmm. castrate us. So maybe that's what he meant, that that's maybe that's what they should have done. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and, and then what it also curiously does not say, and this might have something to do to it too, Marcus, while we're talking about this out loud, this might have something to do with it too. It doesn't say to whom the text was sent. You know, oh. it, you know, and that might be an issue. Like maybe that went to someone that definitely does not want it to be known that they're communicating with him in that way. Because okay. then the question becomes uh, with a guy like that, because see, litigiousness is litigiousness. You you release that. And then Tucker says, well, wait a minute. I want to yeah, defend myself. I want to let you all know who I sent it to. And what their response was, mm -hmm. it's no telling who that was on that board or any any place else in the corporation. I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. No, I was just going to say that there's workplace um, rules and laws where if you're creating a hostile work environment, um, that could become a problem. So he could be saying on air because that's that's a business function of Fox News. But if he's sending that same material to an employee who feels uncomfortable by it, it's a whole different equation at that point. Because that's no longer a workplace uh, or a business requirement. Right. And so in a, just to be a very crass example, um, a porn studio can have sexually explicit video because that's the function, that's a business function. But if an employee of that same studio sexually harassed a secretary or another employee, that would be a problem because that's no longer a business function. You know, so racism is fine on the air, but not fine right, right, right. <laughs> employee to employee. I had and and when I was on Sirius XM, I had that experience once. Um, there was a a briefly there was a producer of mine. She ended up leaving, uh, who applied for the job for my show. And turns out she was a black Republican. And um, I refer to black Republicans on the air as Uncle Tom, right? So she 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 files something with the company, right? She did get hired. She got hired, but okay. we didn't know. Nobody knew. She just applied as a producer, and and I mean, of course, people with different political ideologies still want to work as producers. So you know, whatever. Yeah. And when yeah. The, when the side says, "All right, well, you know, we'll still deal with Lawsuit. but then she began to have problems with my with the direction of the show and conversations on the air, and so I asked her not on air one day. Are you a black Republican? Which technically is not a pejorative term. She was black and right. she was maybe I should just ask she was a Republican. So she reported me and said I called her an Uncle Tom, but I didn't. I asked if she was a black Republican. Mm -hmm. And then she said, Well, he calls uh, black Republicans Uncle Tom. So she mm -hmm. felt as if I was calling her an Uncle Tom simply by asking her if she was black, even though I never used the word Uncle Tom. And uh, unfortunately for her, the HR people and the lawyers come in and we're in this room. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to, it's, it's sort of a funny story, but probably wasn't to her. 
they say, well, Mark, um, you, you cannot, we know you didn't call on Uncle Tom, but just to be clear, you can call anybody and Uncle Tom on the air, <laughs> right. but not in the workplace. Yep. And they said it once, but then they kept saying it as if it was sort of mocking, like, you know, like if you call uh-huh. her and Uncle Tom to her face in the workplace, you can't call an Uncle Tom. But yeah. you can call anybody and Uncle Tom on the air, but you just can't call her an Uncle Tom. And they kept saying it. And <laughs> people were trying to keep a straight face, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a true story. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said, what are y'all? Why y'all? Have, I get it. Why y'all have to keep saying it over and over again? Yeah. So we'll make sure you understand. You can't call her an Uncle Tom <laughs> in the workplace. But you can call anybody an Uncle Tom on it. So <laughs> uh, I said, okay, I got it. And, um, and needless to say, she, she didn't last very long. But uh, 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 in fact, this was this was during the time when you remember we and you know Marco's not been doing this over a decade, and we used to we love to make each other laugh. You all remember when what was the the woman running for Senate? Was it Del- where was I forget where it was? Oh, but Delaware was. She, it, but she was, was a witch. It? Remember, yeah. she was a, what was Christina, her name? Chris, Christine O'Donnell. Something like that. Yeah, she was a witch. Yeah, I think it was Christine O'Donnell. And this particular producer had some sympathy for her. And was a student of, and I really held my mind, you know, I'm a minister. At, at one point, she accused me of being insensitive to other faiths, like the Wiccan faith. Right. And Wiccan is the, the witchcraft yeah. faith. And I really had to stop back and say to myself, what, really, am I, am I discriminatory against witches? I, I didn't know how <laughs> But that was that was an interesting experience for me. And I and, and I, you know, I even thought for a minute, well, maybe I need to be embrace more witches. And, and she wasn't even she wasn't even a witch. She was just right. She, right. Right. It was right. Just weird where somebody there was some somebody accused her of being a witch. And right, so she right. put out an, a TV ad. Right. Saying I'm not a witch. Right? You don't repeat. <laughs> you don't pay to repeat the attacks against you. Right. 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 So I wasn't even like, oh, wickets are bad. It's just making fun of her, just how incompetent she was right, in right. handling the whole situation. So, so last part of the story is she wanted the, the young lady wanted me to put some people of the of the Wiccan persuasion on the show, <laughs> and. The yeah. Now, now again, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Well, not as that. She wanted me to be open, just try to educate the audience about the Wiccan piece. Now, remind, remind you, I'm the guy who was, if you all remember, I was one of the, the first prominent members of black clergy to hold a show, have a show, host a show, and have guests on endorsing and promoting marriage equality. This is before Biden made this few years before Biden did what he did and made Obama endorse it. And it was not a popular thing to do. So I'd done that and I brought some people with me, changed some minds. Some clergy called me Marcos and said, Mark, we wasn't with you on marriage equality. But if you start having witchcraft and we are ministers, <laughs> we're not going to be with you on that one. You got you got to choose <laughs> which one you're going to So literally I had, to, I had to make a strategic decision say, you know what? I can fight everybody. Like I can't fight everybody. I can fight some. Said marriage equality. We got that. We got the clergy on board. But I don't think I can get them. They're not going to support me having you know witchcraft on the show. But anyway, that's 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 what happened. But to Marcos's point, that that is true. When you know, even in this broadcast, I mean, when you're doing this as a function, you can do it. Now you want to do it in the right way. We're not talking about killing people. But this is what Tucker's talking about, and he's he's saying that to someone. Uh, and we don't know who it is. And that probably was a factor. There was somebody in that boardroom that he sent that text to Marcos and they didn't knock it down. 
Yeah, the attorney's gonna say, you don't want this to come out. And any other yep. text messages he sent all y'all in this room, mm -hmm. that's all gonna come out. And whatever your business is, you know, I, I mean, honestly, you know, we know what Chick-fil-A does, but we know yeah. Chick-fil-A can't afford to have somebody, and I'm not saying that they were, but let's just say hypothetically, he's texting a big corporate executive. Mm -hmm. They may agree with Tucker, but they don't want to see a stream of text messages where they are in writing agreeing with him about killing somebody in Antifa or, yeah. <laughs> so you got to shut that down. So um, uh, I, I'm sure there will be more uh, uh, to come out. There are other suits on the table, but, but, so many. but, but more importantly, and, and mm -hmm. it's, it's the policy. So for example, uh, after victory in North Carolina, uh, there's been a setback, uh, and now we see, and we see what's going on in Tennessee and state like that, states like that. You look at a place like North Carolina, where you know they're talking about setting us back even more and joining these other states. That's the real life, tangible, hands-on, everyday kitchen table effect of a Tucker Carlson. Yeah, and and North Carolina is one of those places that's really frustrating because we had a a liberal Supreme Court that had been really pushing back against you know the partisan gerrymandering against the efforts to eliminate uh, abortion, and Republicans through the ballot box won a majority of that Supreme Court, and and this is just a function of they again you know we 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 managed to beat back the tide in in Wisconsin, and a lot of good things are going to happen. But it did not happen in North Carolina. And so what that means is that um, the previous court had ruled the districts to be illegally gerrymandering. It's one of the worst gerrymanders. It gave what is basically plus three Republican states. So very, very light, light, uh, light lean red state uh, gave them super majorities in both chambers of the legislature. And now they're going to use they've already decided that today or yesterday they announced that they're they're going to be using that supermajority to ban abortion in the state of North Carolina. North Carolina is actually one of the sort of outposts in that whole region uh, because, you know, Florida's now banned it. Georgia has banned it. Uh, obviously, Alabama, Mississippi. So North Carolina was a place, Kentucky, Tennessee, right? So, so North Carolina was sort of the oasis in that region, and now that's going to go away. And... Um, so one is it's kind of a disappointment that we didn't engage electorally and beat back that effort in a state that is close enough where we should have won those 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 battles. But on the other hand, you have a Republican Party that has lost the last three elections because of the radical um, politics. And they lost last year in a midterm election where Republicans should have had a red wave. And they lost it because, in large part, because of abortion. And they are doubling down. And so what they're doing is, you know, the, the silver lining here may be that there is a big chunk of North Carolina. By demographics, North Carolina should be definitely purple state, if not lean blue, by demographic. But young people don't vote at the rates that they, that they should be. This may actually wake up that constituency the way that they did in Wisconsin and, and uh, other critical battlegrounds. And so it may actually, again, it may be Republicans with a short-term victory, but giving us the tools that we need to organize and grow that coalition and engage and activate that coalition and uh, turn North Carolina into a blue state because it can be done. But it is it is it just blows my mind that they are so trapped in their ideology that in, the, in their bubble 
and Fox News and Tucker Carlson are a big part of that, that they don't see those danger signs. I mean, even Donald Trump has sounded the alarm on abortion restrictions, saying that it's hurting the Republican Party. And Donald Trump is freaking stupid. If he can see the danger, if he can see, and you know, he's the reason for that. It's his judges that are, that are doing this. If, if he can see the danger, it's amazing to me that so many Republicans continue to go down this path and, uh, and uh, just really screw themselves for, electorally for the short term, for sure, and probably into the mid and long term. Uh, yeah. I, what I don't understand, though, and, and we've I've never understood. We've talked about this before, too, Marcos, is what they don't get about math. And it's like they just are they really are religiously opposed to mathematics and arithmetic. What do they think they know that we don't know? So, for example, I mean, we went years, people like you and me as allies and others as allies in the in the Roe movement saying the sky's falling. And admittedly, there were those in our constituency to say, y'all keep saying that, but it's not really going to happen. Now it's going to now it's happened. What what do, do do they think women are going to change their minds? Well, it's gone now. So, you know what? We, we're OK with it being gone. That and, and then and then the headlines don't stop because each state is still getting more draconian. So they don't even know. It's kind of like the, the state legislatures become their own Marjorie Taylor Greens in, in the, at the State of the Union. OK, Supreme Court knocked it down. Just be quiet. No, we're going to push it in the states and come up with bans that even more draconian two weeks when most people don't even know whether they're pregnant after two weeks. So I'm just really don't understand who do they think? What who do they think is going to unless they've got the unless they've got their own math down to a science where they they know exactly the demographics in what districts that will keep the house in their pocket but that's pretty much all they're going to get is the house out of that because you can you can cut up the house that way you can't cut up the senate that way you can't cut up the electoral college that way i mean one of the ways they deal with it is just they try to alter that math so what we're seeing in ohio and missouri is that they're trying to change the ballot initiative rules so that you need 60 percent to pass a ballot initiative now we saw in, in kansas blood red state First state to vote on abortion, and it was a dramatic victory for the pro-choice crowd, right? It was a 59-41 decision, 18 points. That is an absolute, you know, beatdown. It wasn't 60%. And so it's no no mistake that, and of course it passed in Kentucky by 53%. So it's no mistake that Missouri and Ohio, they don't trust their voters. They've gerrymandered it so that they get elected. They still don't trust their voters on these issues that that, that drive ideologically drive them, but don't particularly drive the entire population, the, the, the votes. So that's why they're trying to shift those votes. There is a growing sort of movement on the right to call out, you know, you've seen that in the Weekly Standard and Coulter was another one who is saying, guys, like we won, like keep you keep pushing and it's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us. And so there's a bunch of conservatives that see the math. The problem is that that math helped them for so long. Right. They, they drove their voters out for decades. The last 50 years, they built their movement on anti-abortion in the church and the Christian coalition. And the argument it wasn't as simple as, guys, let's 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 devolve this right back to the states. 
Like that was never the argument, right? The argument was abortion is murder. It's a Holocaust. Millions of babies are being killed. And so it's really hard to, to go to people who, you know, who've been conditioned to think of abortion as murder and say, it's only murder for the first, <laughs> you know, for the first 16 weeks. It's not really murder, guys. Like it's only murder. Like they've been conditioned that it's an absolute murder, right? So trying to find that compromise because 16 week bans are horrible, but they are an easier sell. That it seems they can make an argument that it's reasonable. I don't think it is, right? But there is an argument that they can try and make, and there are people that will buy that argument. Thing is, they cannot make that argument anymore. You cannot compromise on murder. Mark, I can be like, you know, murdering people is bad, but you know what? Until they're 27, it's okay to murder them. <laughs> right, right. It's right. okay. Once they're 28, no more. Like, no, no more murder. No, you can't make that argument. Murder is murder. So once you've established that as your core ideology, your core philosophy, your core morality, how do you how do you compromise? So you have more, you know, like you said, like you know, Republicans who know how to do math, who know how to count, who looked at the election results, and they're realizing that the abortion issue isn't going anywhere. It's only going to multiply. I mean, it's magnifying. We're organizing around this issue. We're getting young people to vote. Uh, we saw we won the Wisconsin Supreme Court race that the revolved around abortion by 10 points, 10 or 11 points in a 50-50 state, in the most 50-50 state. So clearly it's an issue that motivates our side to vote. And um, and they won. So it actually lessens their urgency on the issue. It's the opposite of, you know, always when you're in the out, when you're in the out, you're you're more motivated, you know, you're more motivated to make things happen. So like you said, people are like, eh, you know, people keep saying they're going to ban abortion, but they never do. So I don't really care. It's all fear mongering. And then suddenly it happens. Now right. like, oh, you know, now right. you're on the out. Right. So it, it's it's it, they're in the bind because they've conditioned their voters to think of this as an absolute moral absolute. And you can't compromise on the moral absolute. You can't even look the other way. And I don't think. I don't think they ever thought this was going to happen. Conservatives, the not conservatives, Republican Party thought that this was an issue they were going to keep using forever. The Supreme Court could keep chipping away, chip away a week here, a week there, parental consent here. They thought they could just, you know, keep nicking, you know, nipping at the at the edges, but keep the issue alive electorally. And so, uh, this has been an absolute disaster for them. It's a disaster for women. It's a disaster for all of us. But it's also politically, it's a disaster for them. Yeah. Well, it, it hopefully remains a disaster and we're going to continue to capitalize on it. Um, the debt limit. Janet Yellen says by June 1st, we could be defaulting. United States could be defaulting on its bills. So Hakeem Jeffries says there's a way to do this without the leadership in the House. Um, yeah. And it's a, called a discharge petition, but they'll need five Republicans mm -hmm. to go along with it. I mean, is that is that that far fetched? Some of them might know their own math <laughs> and, and it might be they might have incentive to go ahead and jump on that. I think there's if, if I remember correctly, and I could be off by a hand, one or two, but I think there's 18 Republicans that are in Biden districts. Now, there was an article in Politico a couple of days ago that these Republicans were whining that Joe Biden has not reached out to them. And it's, you know, just, it was a weird, 
<laughs> it's a weird, weird argument. They they voted lockstep with leadership every step of the way. Literally every every vote they voted with leadership. There's no indication that they'll split. Now this is a place where clearly blaming them for cuts on popular programs on abortion. I, I think most of those 18 will be gone. I actually I don't I don't see when I look at the districts and when I look at the math. It's not looking good for them. That's why I am confident that the House will be Democratic after next year um, in a way that I can't say about the Senate. But the House looks really, really good for us. There's reasons that that Democrats don't hold those seats, mostly because we underperformed in California and New York for a little different reasons, but mostly because there was no urgency. You know, California is solidly. They're both very solidly Democratic states. So it was harder to get them out as opposed to states where people were actually threatened. So um, can we get five of those? It's, it's going to be a good question. I mean, some of those real marginal types, maybe in a maybe not in a plus eight Biden district, but maybe those in a, in a plus two, plus three. Um, if the nation defaults, it'll be on them, 100 percent on them. And they will be dead candidates walking. I mean, they're, they're not getting reelected. If they join with Democrats, they have a good campaign ad to say, oh, they're so bipartisan and they saved the country and they bucked their party. I mean, it would be good politics for them. They may still lose, but they actually have a chance of surviving. And, and so the question is, are they more afraid of their own leadership or are they more afraid of, uh, of the voters? And there's also a scenario because Mitch McConnell, uh, no, um, House um, Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, said that he will not compromise on, he promised that to the Freedom Caucus on the, the spending cuts. He promised it, no backing down. He could do a wink, wink with, with some of these you know, Republicans and give them an out, give them a quiet out saying you know, he's not going to go after them if they, if they back uh, the Democrats. But you know, they're going to get attacked by Marjorie Taylor Greene and all the, you know, the Trump people. And, and so it's, it's, they're in a bit of a no-win situation. You do need five of them. And um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're more afraid of. I don't know if they're more afraid of tanking the global economy or if they're more afraid of Donald Trump. In fact, I probably do know the answer. I mean, I don't know if we can count on them. Yeah. Because they are all, I mean, we see the Republican Party walking off a cliff because of Donald Trump. Right. He's right. led them three straight losing elections and he still can't quit them. Amazing. And the problem, Mark, too, is that they don't a lot of them don't care. Right. Republicans want that destruction. They don't they don't believe in these. They're nihilist. They're, they are a nihilist party and they don't believe in the democracy. They don't believe in in functioning institutions. Yeah. Right. They, so they, for them, this is great. They want yeah. everything to stop the shut down. Right. Just defund. And they get mad at us for saying defund the police, but they want to defund everything, the government, nothing to function. Literally. Yeah. Everything. Insane. DailyCoast.com, civicswithaq.com, the podcast, The Brief, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Marcos. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. 
And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.